Welcome to the FarmBits podcast. FarmBits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The FarmBits podcast comes to each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the values of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I'm Natasha Almizo. And I'm Emily Hansen, and we're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion on specialty crop research with Dr. Jose Lemmy from Southern Illinois University. Dr. Lemmy conducts research with cannabis biology and cultivation systems. With that, let's jump into this episode with Jose and learn more about cannabis research. So I, I'm originally from Brazil, and I grew up in a small town called Uraí. And Uraí means sunset land in Japanese. As we talk, Nata, Natasha might be facing it. People might not believe that she's from Brazil. You know, having like a Japanese last name. But yeah, a lot of people don't really know that after the Second World War, a lot of Japanese people moved from Japan to Southern Brazil. So my family has a, a, a farm in Southern Brazil. So I, I have, you know, this farming roots. It's, you know, in my life since my, you know, childhood. And in the 80s and 90s, they, they moved to central Brazil to explore the uh, cheaper and flat agricultural areas in the, the, the call it new frontier back then. And so the agronomic engineering major was like a natural path for me. So I graduated from uh, uh, Londrina State University. Uh, and then, uh, I guess as many of you also fa faced, uh, I, I, I graduated and I, I was kind of tired of my broke life as a undergrad. So I want to work, you know, I started working as soon as possible. So I worked for Cargill a couple of years and then I took my, um, um, uh, a break um, to 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 have have a, have a um, short term scholar uh, experience at Oklahoma State University. So and there was pretty much like an aha moment. I decided that industry wasn't a good fit for me. So then I decided to uh, apply for universities for grad school in America. So in 2014, I got accepted at Auburn University to work with precision agriculture under Dr. Brenda Ortiz lab. And into, then I graduated and I started, you know, I, I went straight to my PhD at Virginia Tech, working with plant nutrition uh, under Dr. Wade Thomason, Thomason lab. And currently I'm working as assistant professor at SIU. Um, I'm, uh, my position is a joint position in the School of Forestry and Horticulture and School of Biological Science. and in my lab is the cannabis biology and cultivation lab. That's a very interesting background. So can you go into a little bit of detail about what areas your research covers and why you think it's important to conduct that research? So yeah, in the, the cannabis biology and cultivation systems lab, we focus in the areas as, you know, uh, control environment, agriculture, uh, plant secondary metabolites, uh, nutritional and pharmaceutical uh, biology, and growing practice, 
in, in, in general. And our team is working on the development of techniques to maximize um, cannabinoids and non-cannabinoids like terpenes and flavonoids, secondary metabolites in general, uh, fiber and grain, productivity and quality via physiological, biochemical and agricultural um, approaches. Oh, this is nice. Yeah, and can you tell us a little bit more? So what motivated you to work with cannabis production? Um, well, I guess if, if you, you, you are motivated about science in general, the cannabis field, it's, it's awesome place to be because there is this, I would say, maybe 80 years gap, like knowledge gap, scientific knowledge gap, because uh, for more than 80 years, it's cannabis, it's illegal. So to work with this plant, to study this plant, uh, it's, it's literally prohibited. So my motivation would be, is, is just, you know, science, you know, it's, we need to catch up. There is so much to be learned, learned about this plant. And so far, of course, things are developing quick, pretty quickly, but so far we have a lot of empirical data because even though this plant is, was illegal, people are still growing it somehow, you know, you know, hidden places, basements, and, you know, um, so I, I guess now it's time to kind of uh, create more information based on science, you know, and, and even test all this empirical data that we have so far, because it's still very important, you know, it's still, uh, People were, you know, they, they have experience with this plant and this empirical information, it's coming from some, uh, I would say, uh, visual differences or some, you know, experience in general. So we, it, we should value this in, uh, empirical uh, experience and, but then validate that based on science. So, I guess that's the biggest motivation, you know, it's just, if you like science, the cannabis field is an awesome place to be because we have a lot, lots to expl explore. Can you go into some details about like the different terms with cannabis? Oh, great. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that, you know, I'm facing um, a lot of people with some, I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of misinformation uh, out there. So cannabis is the genus of the cannabis sativa plant. So cannabis is the genus of the plant and sativa is the species. So I don't want to go through the species thing because it's a rabbit hole. Like some people say that uh, ruderalis is a different species. Some people say that it's not. In my opinion, it's just one species, sativa. Um, but, you know, it's still science is still developing. and but. G, the the term cannabis uh, under the the, the term uh, the umbrella of cannabis it's the the plants with high THC or high cannabinoid plants and plants that are used for fiber and and grain production. So when you use the term cannabis only for high THC plants, you're 
disregarding the scientific terminology that you know it's being applied for this plant so so industrial hemp was a way to kind of categorize plants uh with uh, uh thc levels under 0.3 percent um but but again the uh, uh it's when you say most of that's why I, I prefer to use THC cannabis, CBD cannabis, fiber cannabis, um, grain cannabis, because it's we're still using the term in a scientific proper way. Um, but and then you still and being more specific about what is the purpose of the production you're 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 talking about. Yeah, this is really interesting to know about this you know like terminologies for cannabis because who is not from this field is a little bit like complicated to understand those things yeah yeah and it's actually happening all, all the time so um uh, um the term marijuana can be you know considered uh racist and and, and the term marijuana is a, is very attached to high thc plants but to use cannabis only for high thc plant is erroneous mm -hmm. okay and can you explain some uh the uses of for grain hemp uh you're talking about only grain yes okay grain uh so you i mean there are many use so in general the cannabis uh plant can be the whole plant can be utilized in somehow so they stalk the leaves the flowers, obviously, which is the you know where you extract the most of the cannabinoid, but for the grain um, uh, or seeds, so actually, um, it's not like uh, hemp or industrial hemp or cannabis doesn't produce uh, seeds. It's actually the the right term for that is akin. So, uh, but you know, the hemp grain is very is a very very popular term, but it's, it, scientifically it's an akin. So, uh, so you can use uh, the grains for for food, for uh, for energy, biodiesel. You know, you can make uh, biodiesel from uh, hemp seeds, um, uh, oil for food as well. But the oil, as it has like a very uh, low smoke point, the the oil is not very good. For, like for like frying things is used more like a like a olive oil uh pretty much um hemp grain is also used for cosmetics you know i guess you're guys seeing like you go to target and there is like an entire section for hemp products and most of i mean some some products are made by you know stalks and other parts of the plant but many products are made from um seeds or grains um yeah i guess in general yeah uh that's are the use for for hemp seeds or cannabis seeds or akin <laughs> yeah i didn't know it could be used for biodiesel that's kind of cool um so how versatile is like the fiber uh cannabis and what kind of products can be made with that okay um yeah so the fiber hemp or 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 some are are in in many places they're using it as like a dual purpose which is 
you you harvest the grain and then you also use the the biomass the rest of the plant for fiber or or um to build like, for like construction parts so we can make uh like a uh, 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 construction part called hempcrete uh is also you can create a very like a great isolate materials like for sound I, I mean something that you guys can use there you know in this the pot your studio because it's a hemp is a very good um can make a very good material to isolate sound and temperature and uh, and it it doesn't catch fire easily as other uh isolate material isolation materials made from like petroleum uh you can make you know animal bed you can make paper and you can make dashboard like cars dashboard uh and you know something that is growing um significantly in, in america is the textile industry because uh, i'm seeing you know companies as like patagonia that you know making like uh deals with farmers uh because they need you know the the the, the biomass the, to 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 create this specific i, I would say that is it's still like a niche product but these like clothes and um made by you know um hemp fiber Oh, nice very interesting i didn't know how many things we could do with those things <laughs> i didn't know either <laughs> yeah yeah you, you can use the, the whole plant pretty much mm -hmm. this is cool so just that now going a little bit more about your the research that you are you are doing so can you tell us how the plant physiology can help with the plant productivity so how you use the plant physiology um well I guess, I mean, let's talk about the, the production of secondary metabolites, like your product, uh, cannabinoid product, cannabinoid and non-cannabinoid production, like terpenes and flavonoids. So I think plant physiology is a very good approach or, or tool when you're producing secondary metabolites, um, because uh, cannabis is a very responsive plant when you're exposed the plant to like like stress, for example, um, let's say one of my, the research that I'm conducting, uh, super cropping. We are testing super cropping or high intense training on uh, on on cannabis. Do, do do you know what is super cropping or high intense training? Do do you guys know? Not really. Mm -hmm. no. Okay. No. So, but basically, it's a, just a mechanical manipulation of the stems, like the branches. Okay. You. In easy words, you pretty much break all the branches of the plant, and obviously you try to keep the the cortex and the the vascular uh, bundle of the plant intact because you don't want the the, the pathogens to be uh, um, attacking the plant. But so you pretty much break all the, the 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 branches, and these mechanical stress, in theory, because again empirical knowledge that you're you know seeing from people that are growing you know, cannabis during the you know all these years but without any having any valid, scientific validation it this stress mechanical stress would increase plant secondary metabolites so that's why this is one of the study that you're conducting because you want to see that this mechanical stress or this high intense training 
will increase, in fact, the, the, the production of cannabinoids and, and terpenes and, and, and flavonoids in general. So this is one good example of how uh, plant physiology can help us uh, with you know, increased productivity. I mean, in this case, it would be productivity of secondary metabolites. And this can be seen as, for example, protection from the plant to external, um, for example, pests or disease? When the plant I mean, good question. I guess you're not intending to ask like a philosophical question, but it's, it's <laughs> let, okay, let me go there. Like, because the thing is, um, secondary metabolites are usually uh, produced by the plant or in many cases are produced of, by the plant for protection, for like as a defense mechanism in most of the plants. But so far, there is not un, like very solid agreement or uh, very uh, a lot of uh, scientific papers proving that the cannabinoid production is increased when the plants are under attack or like a like as a defense mechanism. So we do have a lot of theories because you know most of the plants they produce the sec secondary metabolites like alkaloids, you know flavonoids. To, to be to as a protection mechanism, but for cannabis specifically, we still need more information to, I would say, to prove that the plants are producing cannabinoids as a defense mechanism. Then the philosophical question is, so if, let's say, if, if it's, these plants are not producing these cannabinoids as a defense mechanism, like why, why these plants are producing, let's say, 30%, 35% of their biomass to produce like a compound that is not for a, like a, as a, for a defense mechanism? Is it only for human use? You know, is only for like the, you know, the, the, because, you know, the, the human beings are having this interaction with the cannabis plants for you know many 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 years so is this is this plant just creating for you know human consumption so that's why i'm saying that it can be a philosophical question but again that's why we are you know the there are so much to be explored in this cannabis field in general so in your research how do you incorporate digital agriculture into all of the studies that you do okay well Talking again about the cannabis term, so uh, so as the cannabis genus, so the production of cannabinoid is is a different uh, again. It's one it seems like I'm just working with, with one plant, but basically I'm working with three totally different plants because when you're working with cannabinoid production, let's say THC, it's indoors, it's controlling environment agriculture. When you're working for CBD production, or you know, it can be more like like a like a horticulture management, you know, plastic beds, drip irrigation, this this type of management. And then when you work with fiber and grain production, then it's more like a like a row crops, you know, wheat and soybean production. So it's one plant, but three totally different uh, uh, management. So. 
then the question then then it will depend what you're producing obviously if you're producing uh thc let's say thc or or cannabinoids so it will be technology that are more adaptable for controlling environment agriculture which is highly like intensively technolo technological you know applied you know uh, all you know the sensors you know um uh artificial light um um hydroponics so uh for horticulture management i would it's, it would be more field you know digital uh ag field application you know you can use you know satellite images you know drones uh more comparable to what you can use for like row crops that would be also applicable for uh, the production of uh, fiber and, and grain uh, cannabis. Yeah, this is really cool. And Jose, uh, we saw in your YouTube channel that you talk about the importance of the moisture um, in the production. So do you know if there is a specific digital tool or softwares or and some app that can be used to measure the moisture? Or if not, do you think that is something already in the market that could be used? Oh, uh, I'm surprised that you check my YouTube channel. I, I it's I mean it's a long time I don't update that channel. I need to be more you know active you know on my YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, it, it, I mean it, we then we goes back again for the like what are you producing? Like if you're producing cannabinoids, so. Um, it's more indoors, so and or even more horticulture um, uh, settings. So drip irrigation. So when you're working with you know indoor cultivation or like hydroponics, let's say, uh, of course it's it's always important to keep up with your you know moisture levels. Uh, and you know there are many tools that you can use to uh, to uh, to, to have the moisture levels uh, uh, information, like in, uh, I would say every second, pretty much. And then for, for fiber and grain production, then you can use, you know, the, the soil moisture sensors that, you know, are applicable for, for row crops, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, during my, my master degree at Auburn, we actually, I test like a new, it was a new technology back then, but it was like a wireless, soil moisture sensors that you install in, you know, in I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you guys know that rep representative areas of the field and the, the sensors send like a wireless information to the cell phone towers and then the cell phone towers spread the data to the, the, the producers. So this type of, uh, uh, of uh, technology is something that is more applicable for uh, fiber and grain production, but not much for you know cannabinoid production and also as you mentioned some apps today i was actually playing with that there is a, app, a really cool app called grow doc and it's pretty much an ai like a visual uh, like a vision tool tool that is called and diagnoses uh cannabis uh disease and some cultivation problems so um you know i guess you know the ai reads the image and then can tell you what type of 
disease is going on with that specific plant. Uh, and then, then it's a tool that can be used for indoor and outdoor production. But I'm seeing that this app being used, used more like indoors. That's pretty cool. Um, do you think there's any gaps or room for improvement in current cannabis production that sensors or digital tools could help with? So you mean like yield gap, like production gap? Uh, yield gap, like knowledge gaps, any sort of. Uh, yeah, as I said, we do have this 80 years knowledge gap that like based you know, on science that, you know, that since the prohibition started, it's, you know, it was created and now we are trying to catch up. But the other thing I would say uh, in like yield gap, I know, I guess, you know, being the Middle West, you know, we have farmers, like let's say corn farmers or soybean farmers that, you know, they're literally competing each other, the neighbors, like, huh, what, you know, how much was your yield this past growing season? And so, they're like literally competing each other. But for cannabis, as I would say, of course, it's developing quickly, but the genetics of like the seeds or the, the, the cultivars are not as developed as, you know, corn and, and soybean. So then when you ask like yield gap, like what is the yield gap? Like how much records or how much data you have uh, about that specific cultivar that it can tell me with confidence that I'm not reaching the, the genetic potential of that plant, you know? So that's why it's, it, it, everything is very new. So, so there are a lot of gaps <laughs> in general. Yeah. Yeah. As we mentioned, there are many opportunities in this field. We can For see. sure. For sure. And if if that is an like for example a listen a listener here and they want to start to produce cannabis, uh, what would be the most important thing to be considered uh, in the cannabis production, in your opinion? Um, I guess first step is get your grower's license because uh, in industrial hemp or low THC cannabis lower than 0.3% THC cannabis is federally legal. So you can grow anywhere in America, in you know, 50 states. So, but you still need your grower's license in order to, to grow industrial hemp or low THC cannabis. So, um, so yeah, get your lower uh, grower's uh, license and try to get information about, you know, cultivating this plant like what is your purpose what is what is what is, is your goal is fiber fiber uh, and grain production or dual dual purpose uh, production it's cannabinoid production because as i said there are totally different there are totally uh, different management uh, for for depending on what you're producing so and I guess another advice would be, I mean, I guess it's, this is not happening anymore. It happens a lot in 2018 when the, the 2018 Farm Bill were like signed and industrial hemp, low THC plants were federally uh, legal. 
so I would say decrease your expectations. I mean, again, it's not happening anymore. It happened back then in 2018 when all the growers were like, oh, now I can grow cannabis. I will be a, a millionaire. So, you know, and it's like, as you call it, like back then it was like the green gold, everyone. And then you have this overproduction. We didn't have enough uh, extraction facilities or facilities to process their production. And so, but now, you know, I would say that the market or the cannabis production, depending on what you're producing, is, is, is stabilizing, I would say. Nice. Uh, how do you think your current research could help with hemp and cannabis producers? Well, I, I mean, I guess that's that's an easy question because there is there are so many as we talk, there are so many gaps that need to be filled. Like any information, it's valid. It's something you know. It's better, I would say, better than nothing. Because you know, uh, it's I mean, it's different than you know when you work with uh, uh, again corn and soybeans that like like, like let's in the, in the middle west every single county uh has like a fertilizer recommendation for like corn or or, or soybean but in in for cannabis <laughs> we don't have a, a like a, a a cannabis uh fertilizer recommendation like uh, you know it's in general you know we're still working on it because again depending on what you're producing if it's cannabinoid production or you know is indoors and or outdoors and like for pr production of fiber and grain so uh so i guess my research group is trying to you know you know create reliable information to to validate this empirical data that we have so far especially you know for Especially for cannab uh, cannabinoid production, uh, not much for fiber and grain. But but for fiber and grain, you just don't have much information at all. You know, in America, uh, Eastern Eastern Europe, they do have you know more work. That's why a lot of the seeds, like for like grain and and fiber, it comes from Eastern Europe and China. Uh, uh, but in America, we still you know developing creating reliable information to fill up this this gap um what are you most looking forward to in the future of integrating digital tools with specialty crop production specifically looking at cannabis um i guess, I guess the romantic answer would be oh my research is more applicable commercially you know my, my, the producers will be actually doing or what i'm telling them to do or what i'm 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 showing that is a more sustainable or more efficient way to do that would be the romantic answer i would say but 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 honestly i think even the like again as we we're talking about terms the digital ag term it's kind of always inter interchanged with precision ag or smart farming, right? So, um, and and then under the you know this all this term like control environment agriculture. So I guess it's a field that is being developed, and I I would say the goal is to make this 
technologies more accessible for for the general grower and and then and then, and i guess you know developing this technology it's that's the way you know it's it's these sensors and all this technology dig, digital technology are going to become more accessible for the the regular grower and and then we have we create another problem because then they need to learn how to interpretate all this data that they are you know getting so because because yeah it's really cool to have this all this data but how you interpretate the data it's even more important because if you're not interpreting it in the right way it's useless so but but yeah but i think you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a slow process i mean technology is developing quickly but uh but to educate the regular grower it's a slower process but i mean but that's why we are here right <laughs> yes exactly and yeah. it's not just giving the the numbers uh for farmers we need to help them as well to understand what those numbers mean so yeah exactly like i remember during my p uh my master degree as a work with precision ag i work with some drones and back then like in 2014 some farmers were like oh you know i'm never gonna buy a drone but now you know i've seen a lot of farmers and uh, playing with the drones and you know actually taking advantage of this technology so uh so i guess it's as technology is becoming more accessible it's the next step would be educate the farmers for them to take the advantage of this technology in the right way you know yes that is yeah. true i know i just finally convinced my dad to buy a drone for our farm <laughs> oh really how so he accept that or he's oh no i'm not gonna do that um i told him that he could get some cool pictures of harvest <laughs> and that was enough to persuade him <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean it was a good you know start i would say <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so is there anything that we didn't talk today that you think it might be important to cover or you want to add something? Uh, well, I guess, you know, um, as a big part of my job is controlling environment agriculture. And now is controlling environment agriculture is like a hot topic, you know, because, you know, controlling environment agriculture, uh, urban farmer, uh, over, over, urban farming, um, vertical farming, you know, it's like we're trying to kind of decrease the, the carbon um, emissions, like growing plants closer to the, the to urban areas. So, and, 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 and definitely it's controlling environment agriculture is not the, uh, it's under the umbrella of digital farming or digital ag. So, Again, these terms are, you know, interchanged all the time, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, um, working with cannabis, I'm seeing a lot of people coming from like, let's say Chicago area, as I'm in Illinois, without any farming background. And, but they are enthusiastic about cannabis and they want to learn how to grow cannabis. So it's bringing, you know, city people, literally city kids, that never went to like a farm. And now they're enrolling, you know, in a, you know, the ag department, in agronomy or horticulture, 
because you know they want they are enthusiastic about cannabis. So I, I like I like to use the the that cannabis is a, a um, gateway plant for science, you know, or for for academia, because yeah, it's and then and 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 actually I'm seeing that and then some students they enroll in in horticulture or ag and they're they're interested to go to grad school and students that never thought about going to grad school but they're enthusiastic about the plant and then you know and then they can change you know directions later and work with a totally different plant so i think that's you know it's it's in is important to 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 be mentioned because in i i would say Controlling environment and agriculture is getting closer to this urban area and is getting closer to people that never thought about uh, working in agriculture, but now it's a way to them to work with uh, agriculture. And I guess another point is I'm not here to make any you know propaganda about cannabis or the use of you know high cannabinoid cannabis. What I'm here is to educate and fight for the right, the, the right to study this plant. Because, I mean, studying this plant, you know, conducting experiments, it's a way to find in a reliable way the positive things about this plant and the negative things. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, again, I'm not making any propaganda about the use of anything. It's just, we just want to address this plant as any other plant scientifically. Yep. Um, if our listeners have any more questions, uh, where can they go to uh, find more information? Um, oh, I guess it's a good opportunity for me to advertise my program though. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, I do have uh, like a, um, website is www.drleme.com where i mean again i have to update that website uh but i mo the most important information is there like my email and my other social media so and i'm uh and my, also my 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 instagram uh is uh, doc.leme I try to be active in social media. I mean, it's, again, it's not anything fancy or it's just pretty much, you know, like a selfie. We are out here transplanting our cannabis clones or we are testing, you know, some new tissue culture techniques. So just to keep, you know, people updated about what I'm doing uh, and my, 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 my uh, team is, uh, is doing. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, and also my, you know, university uh, page that, you know, if you type my name, you can find. So, yeah, I think those are good source uh, ways to find me. Great. And Jose, uh, a tradition on the Farm Beats podcast is to ask for a piece of advice. So do you, what advice do you have to anyone interested in getting into specialty crop research? For example, cannabis research. Oh, piece of advice. Pay your tax. <laughs> Eat healthy. I mean, just kidding. But well, I would say, um, well, cannabis is a very challenging uh, field. When I say that, it's 
you know, like in terms of, you know, the, the, the cultivation requirements, because, you know, like, you know, you're working with a, a photoperiodic sensitive plant. So you're working with like, like if you're producing cannabinoids, you're, you know, you're working with feminized seeds, uh, you know, pollinization restriction. When you're producing cannabi uh, cannabinoid, you don't want a plants to be pollinized. So everything that I learned in my agronomy courses that, you know, you want plants to be pollinized to produce seed for cannabinoid product is the opposite. So, and even also the regulation part, it's, it's challenging, you know, because all these restrictions, you know, but as you have to follow a very high um, management uh, standards, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be that these standards are being uh, used, like these high standards are being used for other crops too. So it's pretty much increasing the, the standards for many food crops. So, so, so yeah, if you want to be, you know, in this, you know, cannabis industry in January, uh, be prepared for some challenges and, you know, but have some open minds that, you know, that information is being created and, and be, you know, and also open, I think open communication is also very important. Being in contact with, you know, your extension uh, agent, being in contact with some professors that are working in this, in this field and, and, and again, I guess like things are getting more, uh, I, things are developing. So this cannabis or, or industrial hemp programs are being created in many different universities. So information is being more accessible for the general public. So, so yeah, I think, you know, be, but be, be prepared that, I, I mean, agriculture in general is, you know, it's a intense work. So, but be, be prepared that for cannabis, it's even, I would say it's even more work in, in terms of like cultivation itself, but also uh, paperwork, bureaucracy. So, and I know that farmers hate that, you know, all this bureaucracy and, you know, reports that you have to write. So, yeah, so be prepared for that. Thank you very much to Jose for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to hear about new research, especially in the cannabis field. One of my favorite parts of this episode was when Jose mentioned how versatile industrial hemp is. I agree, but my favorite part of this episode was some of the challenges and gaps that Jose mentioned. I hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital ag story with you next week on FarmBits. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review sections of your favorite podcast platforms. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank you, Nebraska Extension, for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.